never get over. Tim Stewart and I were, we had made one of those little footballs out of paper, you know, a little triangle, you know what I'm talking about, and you'd flip them and do a field goal, and we were in the back pew, didn't think anybody would see us, and I'm not sure what happened. I think maybe I, I hit my dad in the back of the head with the, but I, Nelson and I were out there, and I showed him the very spot in the street where I got a spanking right in front of God and everybody. And then hauled back in there and sat down, and I listened to the rest of that message. <laughs> then on our way home, they were, of, cor of course, asking me some questions, and I was not very happy and very pleased with them and their behavior. And uh, I thought I'd get the best of them. I said, I want you guys to know when I grow up, I'm going to raise stinky pigs, and I'm never going to church. And so God calls me in the ministry. So be careful of what you say. And uh, I also remember um, God's just such a sense of humor. You know, I, I went to college and graduated from, at the time, it was Northeast Missouri State University. I went to college because my mom made me swear an oath that I would go and hated it. I mean, I hated it. I didn't, I was not made for college at all. And and I, and I graduated and, and actually passed and graduated in four years. And, and uh, I remember the day of the graduation, that it's so big. You know, I, I went into, and it's not a real big college, but it was big, big enough. And, and you go into your department after the graduation, and there they give you your diploma. And so I went in, and I got my diploma, and I walked out, and I said, I will never, ever go to school again. And now I have a master's degree and honorary doctorate, and I just have to chuckle. You know, just be careful what, when you use the word never. And so it was about two years after that time I went back to Bible college and went for four more years. And then 20-some uh, years later, I finally finished up my master's degree. And, and lo and behold, I, I don't know what Dr. Comfort was thinking. I know he's 80 years old, so maybe he's struggling a little bit, you know, but asked uh, and uh, gave me that honorary doctorate. And I'm just going to say that maybe he was a little old and senile. It maybe had a weak moment. And so, but, so be careful of just saying never. And uh, I have raised a few stinky pigs along the way, but uh, uh, I seem to be in just about every service that the church is here. So, and, uh, and I love it. I love our church family and uh, love that uh, you can just come and be yourself and, and worship the Lord together. I love the idea, Aaron, one of these days we're going to be in eternity together. And uh, I thank God for that and, and the rest of you yodels too. If you know Christ as your Savior, we'll see you there. And we'll all be singing, won't we? And, and uh, be a good time and, and truly a blessing. But uh, until then, we just see a whole lot of evil in this world. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse, doesn't it? And, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw it or not. I saw, uh, I, I think it was yesterday morning, maybe it was this morning, I can't remember now, one of the two days, another police officer in Alabama um, was shot and killed. Um, and, you know, something that's, that's even more disturbing, I also heard of the sheriff in Harrison County, Missouri, which is... Uh, 
uh, county right next to where I grew up, uh, that sheriff took his life this past week. And uh, all the officers that we hear of getting shot while on duty is about a third of how many take their lives every year. And those police officers and first responders see a lot of the evil in the world. And they uh, have to deal with that. And then they have all of those memories of that. And many of them don't know Christ as their Savior. And so they really struggle with trying to figure out a way to, to, to cope with that. And uh, uh, sad to say, many of them take their lives. And, and that's how evil our world is. Uh, you, when you, you see the, the things that are going on around us, and, and I discussed that a little bit a couple of weeks ago, and, and how God gave us some commands of, of uh, prohibition, you might call them. He's emphasizing the action. And and he said, fret not thyself. And, and uh, so it's a command to stop doing this. Or if you're not doing it, don't ever let it happen, okay? But most of the time, it's stop uh, fretting. And, and uh, that, that fretting has that idea of burning with anger. And, and you're, you are uh, sitting there and dwelling on things. And, and it's making you angry and, and leading you in places where your mind don't need to go, and, and your body doesn't need to follow, and, and your spiritual walk is not taking you that way. That's a fleshly response. And so he gives us that command, and then he said, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And, and looking at, and, and, and that envious is not only uh, of, of them maybe uh, having a lot of material wealth and, and a lot of material uh, uh, belongings and, and those kinds of things, but but it also could have the idea of, of, of uh, the jealousy of, of you watch someone that, that is so evil in all of their behavior. And, and it's like their, their life is smooth and, and, and nothing is going wrong in their lives. And here we are, we're, we've trusted Christ and we're living for Him. And it, and it seems like the, the paycheck is about a week short. And, and uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with stresses in our lives. And we have illnesses that come. And we have terrible burdens that we're dealing with, and you, and you look at them, and you think, man, they, they're getting it easy, and, and here he's saying, you need to stop being jealous of, of those that are workers of iniquity, and don't worry about it. Quit, stop worrying about those things that, that are going on, and, and he said, they will soon be cut down like grass, and they'll wither as the green herb, and, and so there's, there's no concern there with you, and, and I, I heard such a powerful message on that uh, just this week, and, and uh, um, about forgiveness, and and the statement was made because God says, "What does God say about vengeance?" He says, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord. Do you know why He says that? Because we can't handle it. God's the only one that's holy and just and all powerful and, and all knowing. And God is the only one that can handle vengeance. We don't need that. Get it out of your life. Stop thinking about it. Move on and, and allow God to do the work in that because soon they will be cut down. And, and, and so we need to, to realize the power of God. And, and so he tells us those things. Those are a couple of commands that he gives us that, hey, these are things you need to stop doing, okay? But now he goes in, and this is a good thing about God, God isn't one that just gives you a demand and says, don't do that. But then he goes in, and, and he may not explain 
why he's telling you not to do that, but he does give you the option of doing something else that's better and something that is what he wants. And so he gives us two prohibitions to stop doing, but then he's going to go and he's going to give us 11 more commands, and these are going to be positive commands of things that we ought to be doing. And so that's what we're going to look at, going to look at for the next few weeks as uh, long as God gives us that time together. And, and we're going to look at those. And, and today we're going to try to get through verses 3, 4, and 5 and, and look at some of these uh, 11 commands. We're going to look at a few of those. And, and the first thing that he says here, you got all this evil going on and, and you're fretting. You need to stop that. You need to stop being jealous of those things, but instead trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. Now, I, I, I don't know if I want to, to illustrate this or not, but may, maybe I ought to have a team do this. You know, instead of me, I'm afraid if I got down there, I'd never get back up. And so I need a teenager who's brave enough to raise your hand and volunteer to come up here. Who's brave enough? All right, come on, buddy. This is great. When God gives us a command, and this is a command, he said, you need to trust in me. Here's what we do. This is a picture of trust. Why don't you come right on up here? Why don't you try and tell everybody your name? Okay, Matt, you know what I want you to do? I want you to lay down on your belly, all the way down. Just lay there. That's what trust is. That's the picture of the very word trust. It's to lay down in front of God, and let him do with you whatever he wants to do with you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. I'd give you a dollar, but I don't even have my billfold. So he gives us this command, and he tells us that it's to, to lie extended, face down, upon the ground. That's what he's telling us to do. We, we do that, first of all, in salvation. We do that in understanding that that we come to God with a humble heart and, and we come to Him with the knowledge that we are a wretched sinner and, and we're really in need of something here and, and Jesus is the only one that's the answer and you, and you realize that, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that He was buried and that He showed us that He was God and that, and the, and that, that the uh, sacrifice was sufficient when He rose again from, from the grave on that third day and showed us that He was God Himself and that that by faith, and so I lay myself down with a humble heart, and, and I'm like, God, you, you need to save me because there is absolutely nothing that I can do in my life that, that is going to, to, to cause me and bring entrance into heaven because I, I'm, I'm in a bad shape here, and I got all this sin in my life, and, and Lord, I trust you to be my Savior, and, and Lord, would you forgive me of all these things in my life, and, and Lord, I am trusting in you to save me. When he says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. That's exactly what he means. When you do that, and, and with a complete trust that, that you are calling on him to be your Savior, that he comes into your heart and becomes your Savior. And then he says that he told the, the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, he, he, gave us a, 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 he gave us there a, a, a very descriptive evidence that he says, I am not ever going to leave you. I will give you someone like me who's a comforter, 
that will minister to you and, and will reprove the world of sin, will, will convict the world and will guide you and lead you into all truth, and that's the Holy Spirit of God that comes into the life of everyone at that moment when you trust Christ as your Savior. And He never leaves you. You're always His. And so you trust Him for that. And you look to Him for that in your salvation. But oh, how this goes even further than just that and, and thinking about what He does. And I, I want to share a lot of verses today. So you're going to have to have your turning fingers on today or hopefully the screen guys can stay up with us too. But Psalm 28 and verse 7 here uh, the psalmist uh, David wrote, he said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. And then you go on over to Psalm 56 in verse 11, and, and here he tells us, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Oh, and does that not go with, with what we see in, in happening in our world today? I, I mean, when, when you don't watch it all the time, you can really see the poise that, 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 our, that our world system is doing to us and our press is doing to us. I, I, I never thought that I would live in a state of Colorado and, and have somebody get on the news and, and tell us that there's a blizzard coming and everybody goes out and buys all the bread, milk, and eggs in the great state of Colorado. Now, I lived in North Carolina for a while, and they actually, the, the guy got up and said, look, it looks like we may have some snow flurries tomorrow. Whoosh. Bread, milk, and eggs. Now, and toilet paper. Gone. Gone. I, I see now that people have bought Walmart out of toilet paper for the, the coronavirus. It's, come on, people. I mean, we... we we, we live in such fear, you know. If, if anybody ought to be afraid, it ought to be Adam. He handles, I don't know how many thousands of pieces of mail every day, you know. And think about what they've done to those letters, Adams. You know, you know, and, and you know, you know, I, I don't, you know. And, and I mean, you're handling all this. And, and then those that work in the bank, you know, they say money is one of the uh, nastiest things, you know. And that's why you just go get crisp $100 bills, you know. And just carry those around in your pocket and give one to your preacher every once in a while. I'm going to start a boat fund with all that, you know. But no, anyway, but, but we have, and, and here David was saying, and, and I know in the context, probably a little bit different in that. But there in verse 11, he said, in, in Psalm 56, he said that, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. He'd been running most of his adult life at this time, very young adult life, up until he was 30 years old, was running and hiding from the king that was trying to kill him. He said, I trust in God. And I don't worry about what men are going to do to me. And I don't care about those things. And, and he even writes, the psalmist writes on over in Psalm 118. And, and in Psalm 118, in verse 8, he says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Boy, don't we know that. We know that we ought to place our trust and our confidence in God and trust in Him as we live our lives. If we are, uh, whenever we think about uh, self-esteem and we think about confidence, then the confidence that we have to walk in this world and, and to be bold to those around us comes through our strength that we gain from Jesus Christ being our Savior and, and leading us and guiding us and 
prompting us in our hearts as the Holy Spirit of God shows us the things that we ought to do and, and where it is that we ought to talk to someone and, and, and God opens up those opportunities to share the gospel with someone or, or encourage a believer or, or pray with someone. You know, Gary Norris started this years ago and I love this and, and I've done it a few times and you ought to try this sometime. You go to some restaurant somewhere and and you sit down, and, and you know what it does? It, 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 it'll bring accountability to yourself to behave yourself, for one thing. But secondly, you sit down, and, and hey, we always, I always pray uh, before we eat. Thankful for the food that God's given us. And I do that in a busy restaurant. It doesn't matter where you're at. And so let's say you sit down at that table, and the waitress comes over. And, and, and uh, one of the opportunities when they come over, what, what you ought to do is, is to say, hey, we're getting ready to pray and ask the Lord to bless our food, but do you have a special prayer request, something that's on your heart and mind today, and I'll pray for that right now. Pray for them. Pray for them. Open up a door. You'll never know what that might do later on in, in that person's life to know that somebody, you know what, somebody actually cares enough to have prayed for me. I, I saw a gentleman... Uh, at at uh, the at, at Ehrlich the other day, I was had Teresa's car in there, and I'm too lazy to change my own oil. So I go in there and harass the salesman, and and that's how I, you know, help the bug a little bit. You know, go set in all the new cars, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. Went in for an oil change one time, came out with a new truck. <laughs> but um, while I was in there, we've been praying for. Uh, a gentleman with the school system, Eric Christensen, who's been battling cancer. And I, I, as far as I know, I've never met Eric, but I have met his dad, Mark, and uh, worked with Mark at the post office. And, and uh, I, I told Mark, and, and, and I've witnessed Mark in the past, and, and super guy, loved the guy. And, and uh, I just, you know, I saw him, and we started talking, and, and I told him, I said, uh, uh, Mark, I just want you to know, We've been, our entire church has been praying for Eric and his battle that he, that's going on in his life right now. And you can see the tears kind of well up. And, and he said, you know, it's just amazing to me how many people that I've run into that have told me that. And I'm telling you, as a dad, when you hear something like that, it'll always stick with you. And, and it's about a trust and knowing that, hey, we're not doing this for a show, but I know that God can work in that young man's life. I know he can work in, in Mark's life. I know that God can do great things in our lives, and we need to put our confidence and trust in him, not only for our salvation, but when the times come in our lives, and, and here you are, and, and I, I don't know, maybe something's going on with your job, okay? And you are, and, and look, I can understand that. Some of you guys work in the oil fields, and and you wonder what in the world the, the nutcase is in, in Denver that's going to pass some law next, you know, and I, sorry, I probably shouldn't call him a nutcase, all right? But, but anyway, we, whatever is going on in the laws, and, and you're thinking, hey, my job may be gone tomorrow, and look, I understand to find a job that pays like what it does in the oil fields. I understand that's hard to do, and you're thinking, I don't know how in the world we're going to do this, and I, I don't know, God, what, what are we going to do? You know what you do? You get down on the floor, and you put your face on the floor, and you trust in God. And you trust him. God, this is your life. This is your servant. And I want to serve you. And I want to do the things that you want me to do. 
And, and Lord, you know that, that you tell me that, that I need to take care of my family. And that's exactly what I want to do. And, and, and I want to make sure that they have, have a roof over their head. And, and I want to make sure that, that they have the, the clothes that they need and the, and the food. And, and God is saying, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. And I, I told you in Matthew 6 that don't worry about the roof over your head. Don't worry about the food that you're going to eat. Don't worry about the clothes you're going to wear. I got it. You just seek me and my righteousness and seek my kingdom. And all those things will be added unto you. You know what? It's pretty easy to say it. It's mighty difficult to live it. But that is exactly what God wants us to do. We need to have a life of trust. And we need to look to him and, and follow him and Remember what he said in Proverbs 3? Oh, we like to use this a lot, and, but do we actually apply it? Proverbs 3 in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, the best illustration of, of trusting with all thine heart, you got some little guy that, that you've taken him to, to, to the swimming lessons this summer. You take him there, and, and that little guy is scared to death of the water. And, and, and you're watching them, and you're, you're trying to help them, and, and, and so you get in the water as the dad, and, and you're there in the water, and, and, you're holding, and you're looking up at your little guy, and you're saying, come on, buddy, you need to come to me, and, and, you, and, you, and you jump and, and come to me, and it'll, it's going to be okay. And, and the little guy's a little bit scared, you know, and, but then he looks down in the eyes of his dad, and, and he sees that, hey, this is my dad. He's not let me down. And, and, I, and I know that he's safe, and I know that, that this is okay, and yes, I am scared about all these things around me, and yes, I'm nervous, and yes, I'm a little bit hesitant about it, and, and, but then he goes up there, and then he jumps out into your arms. That's the kind of trust that he wants us to have. There are times in our lives where, where there are some difficult things that come in your life and, and you're wondering, how in the world can I ever get through this? And God is telling you how to get through this. He's telling us, you need to trust me. Yeah, but we look at all of the world leaders and, and we look at our politicians of today and, and, and we think of what's going on in, in, in our world around us and, and even in our own country and all the evil, Lord, and, and I am just so angry with all these things that are happening and, and I can't imagine the, 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 all these babies that are being killed and all these things that are happening around us and, hey, trust in me is what he's telling us. Oh, how we need to place our faith not only as Savior, but we need to trust in Him. We need to live a life that's full of faith and growing every day. And that first time that little guy jumps into his dad's arm, he's pretty hesitant. Maybe the second time he's saying, I don't know, you know, what if he drops me? And then he jumps in. And, and that third time maybe he's getting a little more bold. And then pretty soon you're just starting to get into water and he's already bailing off. And that is exactly what faith is. We, we trust Him, and, and as we see that, that, hey, these scriptures are true, and, and God doesn't fail us, and, and, and He is there, and, and He's always going to be there, and Lord, thank You for that, and I do trust You. And you know what He does is He tests us, and, and those tests sometimes get a little bigger. And I know they are a challenge at times, but how we need to still look at Him, and, and I, I know I use this passage a lot over in Matthew chapter 14, but... One of the most powerful passages that God has used in my life and is when uh, 
uh, Peter in the ship and and uh, Matthew 14 and and uh, let's start all the way up at verse 22. Sorry guys, I only had verse 28, but 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him under the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Here it is. You're, you're laying in bed at night, and, and, and you got some major issues going on. And, and all of a sudden now, here come all these waves of thought. You know, I, I mentioned this before. I went fishing one time in a, up in, a, in Canada and, and been there a few times, but got on the boat, and man, the waves were big, and we were on a, we were on a big lake. And so they were white capping, and, and that old guy I was with, he's in heaven today, but he'd been on three ships in the Navy that had sunk. And so, and this guy was a tough old bird, you know, and so he thought it was great. I was getting sicker than a dog. And, and man, when I finally got back to the room, and, and, and that, it served me right because I'd been teasing them. I told them I was with the Geritol gang because they were all a whole lot older than me, and so I, God was punishing me. But, man, I was laying there in the bed, and I'm like, this bed needs to lay still. You know, I was like, up and down, up and down. And, and, and you know, there are times when, just like what Peter was going through and all these disciples, and they're laying, in, they're, they're trying to go to sleep, and then they hear the thunder, and they, they hear the wind, and they get up, and these guys are, these guys are fishermen. They know what they're doing. They've been on a boat before, and they've been on this sea, and they know they need to get off because they know how violent these storms can be, and, and, and they're wanting to get off, and now they're fretting, and, and now you're laying in that, in, in, that, in that bed, and it's going up and down, and, and you're rolling over, and you can't sleep, and you're tossing this way, and you're tossing that way, and you get up for a while, and then you sit down for a while, and then you go back to bed for a while, and all these things are going through your mind. You're like, mine, you must shut down so that I can go to sleep for a while, and and that's exactly what was going on here. And, and, and it was beating on the sides. And, and, and the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, this is getting pretty late, okay? Getting mighty early in the morning now. And, and so Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You know, a couple of things in that too. I see that, you know, Jesus didn't come immediately. Jesus let them get into the waves and, and it was rocking. And you know what I think? And maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it could have been a time where they could have just got on their knees or better yet, they could have just laid down on the floor of the boat and said, God, we're yours. We trust you completely. And maybe they would have stopped. Maybe that's all God was waiting for. But here we see that they went into the fourth watch of the night. And so they've been hours at this now and letting this happen. And, and we go for days and weeks and months and years at times. And, and we're still just stressing over these things and thinking, how in the world can, can, I, can I get through this, God? And, 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 you're, and you're just wave after wave after wave. And God is just waiting. God is just waiting for you to actually look up and stop scrambling around in your mess and look up and look for Jesus and find the one that can answer this. 
Find the one that can help you in all the stress that's going on in your life. And, and you look to him, and, and here he is. And, and, and they were afraid even when they saw him. And, and, and you know, I think there are times when, when we can actually go to our Lord and say, Lord, I'm scared. I am afraid. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I don't know. I, I have absolutely no control over anything. Kind of like guy, you know, riding a horse sometime and, and he's pretty green. And you get on him and, and you're just thinking, you know what, all I want to do is stay, you know, my legs on both sides of him. You know, and, and let's just hope this thing stays controlled and let's hope we get through the day and no bad incidents, you know. And, 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 you just, and you're just kind of riding that way and you can tell the Lord, Lord, I don't know. I'm, I'm green at this and I, I don't know how, but I, I, I do want to trust you and and we need to look to him, and, 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 and so here, and immediately it says, and, 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 uh, but straightway, so immediately, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. That's a command of prohibition too. Stop. Stop being afraid. Do you trust me? Then stop being afraid. Did the waves quit? No. The waves were still there. They were still beating on the side of the boat. But he told them, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. Come. What a blessed way to walk with your Savior. Then in the midst of all your adversity, in the midst of the big trial that you're going on in your life right now, that Jesus says, come, walk with me. Walk with me and you can walk atop. You can walk on top of the waves that are beating on the boat. You can walk where it's smooth with me. And oh, they're still waving down there and life is still going on. And, and God doesn't say you're going to pop this magic pill and, and the water is going to be smooth. But here he says, hey, come, come unto me. Walk with me. And you'll be above the waves that are still smashing against the boat and, and be with me. And, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Isn't that what we do? I mean, he's the, he's, he is the typical, he is what we are weak in our faith. And he's walking. Peter, you're doing something nobody else in the boat had the faith to do. You got out of the boat. And you're walking with our Savior. And then instead of just keeping his eyes on the Savior and keeping his eyes on what Jesus was doing in his life at that time, then he started looking around. And he's like, oh, I don't know, God. Are you really powerful enough to handle this? Or Maybe it is that, that I need to turn around and, and get back to the boats. Kind of like when, when I go to the, we went to the Grand Canyon. And, and man, I am terrified of heights. And, and it's, a, it's a crazy thing. And, and I know I'm crazy, all right? You don't have to say amen to that or anything. But it, it's, it's, it's not the heights. It's this terrible fear that all of a sudden I'm going to run screaming and just jump off. You know? And, but that'd be just me, you know. I, I'd walk on water, it'd be like walking up to the rail, you know. It's like, whoo, you know, and, and then it's like, back this way, you know. 
And then I just go back up to the lodge thing, and I stand in there in the window and look down there at everybody. You know, that's the safe place to be. Matter of fact, it's better just get in the car and wait in the parking lot. But here he is, and I can see that. I can see that, and he looks around, and, and we're talking major waves here. And, and he's been fishing his whole life, and he knows that you can lose your life quickly at this. And, and he's seeing all this, and he's like, okay, you know, i got to go back. And as soon as, he, as soon as his mind turns and his faith starts weakening, he starts sinking. But oh, how Peter gives us the divine example of what we need to do. Lord, he quits looking back at the boat. He quits scrambling, looks back at the boat and says, Lord, save me. Did Jesus say, no, get on with your bad self. See how you handle it. I want to teach you a lesson. Get down there and gurgle a little bit. Huh? See how long you can hold your breath. That's maybe kind of like what we would do. Here, I'll help you. You know? But immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore dost thou doubt? Why are you doubting me? Why are you not trusting me? Oh, how we see how powerful our God is. Do we, do we truly trust him? Do we know what it is that, that he's doing? I'll, I'll, I'm just going to end with this. I guess this is all that we need to know today is we need to trust the Lord. I mean, we could preach a whole year's sermons on just trusting him. Most of the time, the battles that we're going through and the discouragement and the depression and, and the anxiety and, and all of those things, the, the really the main problem of this is, is we're just not trusting God. Yeah, but preacher, you don't understand my situation. No, I don't, but God does and you need to trust him. And he tells us, he says, I love this. And I mean, he was telling those disciples, he said, hey, I'm getting ready to die. And you're going to see some brutal things happen to me. And in John 14, in verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. That's a command also. And here he's saying, stop letting your heart be thrown into confusion and stirred up. He's commanding you to stop. So let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. So trust me. It'll be okay. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. You see, God, through Jesus, has spoken to us because Jesus is God and, and the Word is God's Word and has been given to us. And if He said it, He will do it. And by faith, we trust in what the written Word has told us and what Jesus has shown us. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you do know. And the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? I love that. You know, typical congregation too, isn't it? You know, it's typical us, right? How in the world? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so he lays it out for them. He says, you need to stop letting your heart be troubled. 
And as a matter of fact, in verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Stop. Another command. Letting your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And stop letting it be afraid. You know, our news media loves for us to be in fear so that we'll watch their stupid news every day so that they can charge more for their commercials and make more money. Simple as that. It truly is simple as that. You know, the news that we ought to be listening to is the good news. You know what the good news is? What's the, where, uh, Mrs. Boatman, is she not here today? Mrs. Boatman always asks me, she says, what's the good news? Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Whatever may come, however bad that it may be, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. We trust in him for our salvation. We trust him in, it, in our daily walk. We trust him every day, morning, noon, and night. We trust in our Savior, who always saves the day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that we have a divine Savior, a God that we can trust in our weakest of moments. And Lord, you know we have them more often than not. And I pray that you help us. I can't but help think of the man that came to you, Jesus, and said, Lord, I want you to heal my daughter. And you asked him, you said, well, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Help us, Lord, when we're weak. Help us when we're like Peter and we turn and look back towards the boat instead of keeping our eyes on you turn our heads back around. Help us to keep our eyes on you and trust you. Lord, help us always to remember that you are in control. Whatever the waves may be, we know that you can calm the sea. Whatever the anxiety may be, you give us a peace that doesn't come from this world. Lord, when our hearts are troubled and when we're afraid, we can see you coming to us. And just as you invited Peter, you invite us to come. To come. We come to you for our salvation. Thank you for saving those that have. Lord, maybe there's one here today that they need to come. Come to you for salvation. Lord, maybe there's someone here that knows you as their Savior, but really fighting some major battles in their lives. Lord, you tell them to come. Let them come to you. Lay down in front of you, giving that burden totally to you, and see you take it, lifting them up and helping them to walk the way that they ought to. Lord, I thank you. Truly a blessed Savior. Truly a privilege to be a child of God. And I pray you do a work in the hearts of each one who's here today. Guide us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. 549 is that hymn of invitation.
we sing that as we sing to God. We pray the words as we're singing them, but we also, it's an opportunity where you can do business with God if you need to. He's listening. The altar's there in your heart, and so you can go to Him and do business with Him. If you want me to pray with you, I'll be happy to pray with you up here. You can come. You have questions about salvation, and, and you need to, you know that you're needing to trust Christ as your Savior. You come, and I'll have someone sit down with you in a quiet place where won't be disturbed, and you can ask any questions that you might have, and they'll take you through some scriptures and show you how simple salvation truly is for us because of the difficult thing that God did by sending his only son to die for you. Whatever it is, I pray that when we walk out of here today, that our confidence is in God, not men. That our trust and our faith is in him as our Savior. And we walk today in a life of trust. 549, let's all stand as we sing. been challenged today look looking forward to tonight and brother jackie is going to be preaching have the lord's supper tonight and it's always a great time of fellowship and just a sweetness of worship tonight and invite you all back again at six o'clock tonight love to see you also one announcement i forgot to tell you is it is official that the uh, spanish church has uh, signed a lease on the building and uh, they will be uh, uh, moving in towards the end of the month and starting worship services there the first part of April. So praise the Lord, no, no longer is it vacant, and it'll still be used for the same purpose of preaching the gospel and uh, seeing, uh, seeing souls saved. So we uh, thank the Lord for that. So praise the Lord for that, but uh, it's good to see everybody out today. Hope you have a wonderful day, and uh, God bless you. Steve, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer?